Okay, I'm going to give you two scenarios, and we're going to talk through them. The first one is this. Let's say that a girl has got a boyfriend, and they're engaged. They're going to be married. And the guy says to her, let's go ahead and let's have sex because we're going to be married in a couple of months anyway. And so the girl has now a decision to make, should she or not. Question, is this a right or wrong, and can we know? Before you answer, let's go to a second illustration. So a friend calls you and says, hey, we're going to go camping this weekend. We want you to go with us. It's going to be a lot of fun. We're going to go up the lake. We're going to do this thing like this. At only $40 for the whole deal. You can do it. Now, the problem is it would be really late Sunday night when we get back. In fact, it may be like 12 o'clock or 1 o'clock. And you say, gosh, I would love to go. But, oh, man, I've got a major business. I've got a big project Monday morning that I, I, I really uh, I may even need to work on it this weekend. So I don't know what to do. So here's the question. Is this a right or wrong? And can we have revelation about this? So let's start with this. Let's start with the first one. The first one is the guy says to the girl, we're going to be married in two months. We, why don't we just go ahead? And so she's got a decision to make. So here's the first thing. Is this a right or wrong issue? And can we know God's will? Is it right or wrong? Yes, it's right or wrong, because can, can you go to the Bible and get revelation concerning what you do there? I mean, this is under the specific will of God, and we would say, no, uh, it should have changed. There it is. Bible says don't have sexual relations outside marriage, right? Isn't that what it says? So if somebody said to her, let's do this now, she can say, no, because I already know what God's will for my life is because he's given me direct revelation. Is that right? Yes or no? Do you make decisions that way? You have to, right? Well, what about the second one? The second one says we want to go to the, to the lake. We're going to go camping. It's going to be, it may be really late when we get back. It may be really late Sunday night. We're going to have to miss church. Of course, that would be a stupid thing to do. But anyway, the other aspect is we're going to be late, and we got a big project due Monday morning. So, so here's the question. Is this a right or wrong? No, it's not. Is there specific revelation concerning this trip? No. So how do we make a decision on that? Because the other one's easy, Right? Because you have biblical revelation that says don't have sexual relations outside marriage. And so you say, I, I can't do that because I know what the Bible says. I know what God says. On this one, what do you do? You can't, you, you can't it's, not a, it's not one that you have the specific revelations. The answer is we have freedom to choose to make a wise decision. Let me ask you something. If that was you and somebody said to you, you got this big thing due Monday, and they want you to go to the lake and get back late Sunday night, and, and then what would you do? You probably would say, you know, I mean, I have the freedom to go. It's not a right or wrong, right? It's not right or wrong, but I don't want to be so tired, and when I get to work, maybe I didn't get everything done I needed to do, or maybe it's a class project I didn't get. You know. So sometimes we have decisions to make, but we have the freedom to make a wise decision. So let me show you something. When things are right or wrong, and we have direct revelation from the Bible. That first decision, is it right or wrong? We have direct revelation. So the answer would be no. Let's have sexual relations. We're not married, but let's have, the answer is no. But the second one is not a right or wrong. There's no direct revelation. You have freedom to choose yes or no. Now, I want you to begin to understand this because you have decisions all the time. 
You had a decision this morning. You had a decision. What time you were going to get up? What clothes you were going to wear? What shirt you were going to wear? What shirt you, what, what, what time are you going to leave? What, when, what are you going to get? Don't, if you picked up donuts, what kind of donuts were you going to pick up? You have all these decisions that you make all the time. And some of them, you have biblical revelation. Some of them, you don't have biblical revelation. Whenever you have biblical revelation, and let me just put this up. If we have biblical revelation, we are to know and apply the Bible. That's why you got to know the Bible, so that if there's a decision you're going to make, or if there's something that's come up, you've got to know the Scripture. Is there a right or wrong? Is there something in there from the Bible that tells you? But if we do not have biblical revelation, we have freedom to choose and to make wise decisions. And by the way, we make choices all the time that we do not have biblical revelation on. And what sometimes people say is when you have a decision, do I buy this house or not buy this house? Do I take this job or not take this job? We say things like, I don't want to what? Make a mistake. It's not a right or wrong issue. This is, this is where the freedom comes in. This is not a right or wrong issue. And so you can't make a mistake. We have the freedom when there's no biblical revelation. So let me give you this. Let's, let's think about this. This is when we're talking about the, the will of God. There are three aspects of the will of God we find in the Scripture. There's the sovereign will of God, the specific will of God, and what I call the general will of God. Some people may call it something else. But we, I just call it general. The sovereign will of God is what God does. We don't know the sovereign will of God. We don't know what he's going to do. We know some things he's told us, but as a whole, we don't know the sovereign will of God for our lives. The best way to know it is what happened yesterday, right? Because it happened, right? The second one is specific will of God. This is what he expects. This is what the Bible says. And so the specific will of God is to study to show yourself, to prove. Uh, don't let unwholesome word proceed from your mouth. Pray without ceasing. Put on the armor of God. I mean, we've got decision after decision that he tells us what his will is. And then there's God's general will. It's what he allows, and it's the freedom. The freedom. So let's, let's talk about it. Let's talk about, first of all, God's sovereign will. God is working in all events. God is so great. Now listen to this. This is what makes God even beyond. That's why Romans 11 says, Oh, the depths of wisdom, both of the wisdom and knowledge of God, how unsearchable are his judgments, how, un, how, how far his ways are from finding out. God's ways are way beyond us. As he says in Isaiah, my ways are not your ways as high as the heavens is above the earth or my ways above yours. So we can't even comprehend all the things. God has a sovereign plan that he is working out. And Ephesians 1, 11, I put it right here for you. All, if we have attained this inheritance, having been predestined according to his purpose, who works? God who works all things after the counsel of his will. God has a will and a plan and a program that he is working out. Let me tell you what's so amazing about it. God has a sovereign will that's going to come to pass. He is such a great God that you have the freedom to make decisions and you are accountable for the decisions you make, and yet even your, all your decisions will still fit somehow in God's sovereign plan. So you make decisions, you're free to make decisions, you're free to do whatever you choose to do, and yet that fits in the sovereign prayer. Let me ask you a question. Uh, when you say, here's, here's a sin, it says, don't lie. You choose to lie. Is that in God's sovereign will of all things? Yeah, it has to be, right? Nothing's outside of his sovereign plan. It didn't say he caused you to lie, and he didn't want you to lie, but he allows your decisions, whether they're good or bad, to fit, and he still works that all out. 
when, when uh, Joseph was thrown into prison in Egypt and his brothers sold him into slavery, what did he say? You meant it for evil and God meant it for good. Was it in the sovereign plan of God that Joseph would end up in prison? But did he make his brothers do that? No. So you, the, the whole thing of the, the sovereign will of God. Let me show you something that's uh, Psalm 139. Look at verse 14. You've got your books open there. He says, I, I give thanks to you. I'm fearfully and wonderfully made. Wonderful are your works, and my soul knows it very well. He says, boy, you're, you're amazing. You made me. You made me. My frame was not hidden from you when I was made in secret and when I was formed. And I was, I was skillfully wrought in the depths of the earth. He's talking about in the womb. And then he says, your eyes have seen my unformed substance. You know everything about me. Now watch this. And in your book... All were in, and in your book were all written the days that were ordained for me, when as yet there was not one of them. What does he just say? He knows every day of your life. He knows how long you got. He knows everything. Right? Do you have decision-making capacity and you can choose to obey God or disobey God or do anything you want? Can you? As a whole, now, we can't defy gravity and jump off a building and fly. I'm not talking about that. I'm just talking about can you make decisions anytime you want about anything? Does that fit in his sovereign plan that he's working out for the whole world and the universe? The answer is yes. So he, he, there's a sovereign will. Now, when we say that, that uh, he has not revealed his sovereign will to us, he has in some places. He's told us that one of these days he's going to come in the clouds and do what? Take us out of here. He's told us there's going to be a seven-year tribulation. He told us about the Antichrist. He told us he's going to come a second time. He's told us he's going to set up a kingdom. He's told, so there are some of his will and his plans that he has told us. But for your particular life, most likely, uh, you don't know. And let me ask you something. Do you want to know what's going to happen tomorrow? Deep down, you don't. You, you kind of act like, I wish I did. But then if, if about uh, at, at noon tomorrow you got the flu, you don't want to know that right now, right? I mean, you don't want to know. And there's so many things you don't want to know, and you just say, just bring it to me as it comes, and that's the plan. And so bottom line is the sovereign plan of God, the sovereign will of God, we don't control that. We don't really do anything about that. It happens. There is the second thing, which is the specific will of God. We've talked about that a number of times. These are specific things that God wants us to do. It's found in the written revelation. Logically speaking, any command in the Bible that applies to us is the, is the specific will of God for your life, if it applies to us. When God told Daniel to do something, that's not talking to us. But when God tells the church, the body of Christ, I want you to do this, I want you to do this, I want you to make disciples, I want you to pray without ceasing, I want you to study the Bible, we know that those apply to us. And so those are the will of God. Now, I have found, I put down, and we're going to talk about this beginning next week, there are five places, at least five places, in the Bible in which God says, this is my will for your life. And it says in Ephesians 5 that he says, I want you to live wisely, make the most of your time. This is God's will for your life. So God's will for our life is we live wisely, making the most of our time. In First Peter, God's will is that we submit to authority. In First Thessalonians, God's will is that we'd be holy, especially in that passage in sexual relations. He talks about this is God's will. In First Thessalonians, he said, this is God's will for your life, that you have an attitude of joy, prayer, and thanksgiving. Most of you know First Thessalonians 5.16, Rejoice evermore, pray without ceasing, and everything give thanks, for this is the 
will of God in Christ Jesus concerning you. He actually says, this is God's will for your life. So you have specific revelation. The last one that we'll talk about is how do we respond to suffering? First Peter chapter 4, verse 19. So we're just going to look at those starting next week. What is God's specific will? Now, any commands that you find. I mean, we could get a list and put down a hundred things that he basically says, this is what I want you to do as a child of God. This is what you should do. But there are five places that he actually says, this is my will for you. And we're going to touch on those. But there's, so there is the specific will of God. And that's why you have to know the Bible. That's why we have to study the Bible. That's why we have to dig it so we can know it and apply it. Because we have decisions to make, and you need to understand on the front end, is the decision you're making, does it go contrary to the Bible? What if you said, I'm not paying taxes. I ain't, I ain't doing it. I ain't paying any taxes. What does the scripture say? Romans 13, 1. Pay your taxes. What did Jesus say? Give to Caesar what belongs to Caesar and gives to God what belongs to God. I mean, if you, if you said, I'm not paying taxes, you're going contrary to the scripture. If you said, scripture doesn't say anything about it, I said, I can show you where it does. So it's important that we know scripture so that we can be able to say, okay, this is what the Bible says. This is an application for me because this is God's will for my life. Okay, so that's the specific will. That takes us then to what we call the general will. And that we make decisions. How many decisions did you make today? Already, by now. There's no telling how many decisions you made. You made a decision before you went to bed. Okay, what time am I going to set the alarm? What time am I going to get up? When I get up, am I going to take a shower? Do I brush my teeth first or not? Do I take a shower? What soap am I going to use? What shampoo am I going to use? Uh, what, sh- what shirt am I going to wear today? What, pa- what socks am I going to wear? You know, what, do I going to go crank the car and let it be warming up or not crank the car? I mean, what am I going to do? You make decision after decision after decision, right? And any of those rights or wrongs? Some of the clothes you wear could be right or wrong, but as a whole, as a whole, those decisions that you make all the time, you give them not a second thought. But you have no revelation that says what time to get up, what clothes to wear, so to speak, what crank the car, not crank the car, fill up gas today, fill up gas tomorrow. You have none of that at the same time. Who to marry, what job to take, those kind of things. You don't have any revelation on that either. You have principles, but you don't have revelation. And so we're going to see that. So when we get to this third one, which is going to be just a couple of weeks, we're going to talk about God's general will and the freedom that we have, where to live, what job to take, whether to take a trip or not, whether to go uh, and come back late in on Sunday night or not. Where do, do I, are we homeschool or, or not homeschool? What, how do, what do we do? We have great freedom in these areas, and the goal is to make wise choices. Now, where does wisdom come from? James chapter 1, if any man lacks wisdom, let him do what? Let him ask a God. Where, does, where do we get God's wisdom from? The Bible, exactly. Listen, there's a whole section in the Old Testament called wisdom literature. It's called Psalms, Proverbs, Ecclesiastes. Here, here's the thing that I've been doing. I've been doing this now for years. But I read a proverb a day. How many proverbs are there? There's 31. So today is what day? It stays a second. So I read Proverbs 2 today, okay? Every day I read whatever the proverb is. Now, something happens and I miss a day or something. If I wake up and it's the sixth, I'll go over there and I'm reading number six. So once a month I'm reading through what? The Proverbs. Proverbs are wisdom literature. It'll say something like, the wise person does this, but the foolish person does this. Where are you going to get some wisdom? 
Wise person does this, foolish person does this. So you, if you're saying, where do I get wisdom? Well, it says, this is what a wise person does. This is what a foolish person does. And so you go back to the scripture for big principles and wisdom and all this. So we have great freedom in these areas to make wise choices. It, I'm, I'm going to wait till about the third, of, about the fourth or fifth lesson. We only got, we only have about six lessons, but about the fifth lesson, I'm going to show you how I moved to Dallas. I left Mississippi State. I coached Mississippi State. I resigned from Mississippi State. I helped work in a church for about eight months, and then I drove to Dallas to start Dallas Seminary. And when I got there, I didn't have a job. I didn't have anything. And so I, started, I, I pulled out the phone book because I had worked for a state farm agent. So I pulled out the phone book, and I thought, well, you know, how many state farm agents could there be in Dallas? I didn't realize there were page after page after page after page. And so I didn't know, so I just started calling them. I said, do you have any, I, I need a part-time job while I'm going to submit? Nope, 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 page, them pages. I tried to start, finally started saying, well, let me look for some pages that's decently close. I don't even know where these places are. And you're not going to believe this, but I ended up with two. And they offered me exactly the same thing. How are you going to know which one to take? Let me ask you a question. Is this a right or wrong issue? Do I have biblical revelation that tells me which one to take? No. So I've got to make what kind of decision? A wise choice. I'm going to tell you in a couple of weeks how I made that decision. And I want to show it to you. And it's the same as we brought up last week, which was kind of silly, with Adam and Eve. And God said, you can eat from any fruit, but don't eat from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. So God leaves, and Adam and Eve get together, and, and Eve says, I, should we eat bananas or apples or grapes or oranges? And, and, and they say, we don't want to make a mistake. We don't want to get out of God's will. Go ask him. So Adam goes to God and says, we know, you told us we could eat from any tree, of the knowledge, but not the knowledge of good and evil, but we don't know whether we should eat grapes or bananas or peaches or, or whatever, and God says, you can eat anything you want. You've got the freedom. He goes back and says, he said, we got the freedom to eat anything we want. And so they talk for a minute, and then she says, should we do them individually or fruit salad? I don't know, so let's go ask him again. And so we go up and say, we don't want to make a mistake. Should we eat them individually or fruit salad? He says, you can do whatever you want. And you have decisions to make as believers, and we don't have biblical revelation and they're not right or wrong issues. And we're sitting there saying, oh, God, please tell me. And God says, you can do whatever you want. So if some people have been paralyzed all their lives waiting for some kind of sign from God, and we're going to talk about signs. We're going to talk about open doors. We're going to talk about fleeces. We're going to talk about that in the, the three or four lessons on the way. We're, we're going to talk about all those things. Because somebody says, well... Um, Gideon gave a fleece. That's right, but Gideon already knew what the answer was. It was the weakness of his faith that he did the fleece. It, it, he, it, he wasn't getting a fleece to find out what God wanted him to do. God already told him what to do. He just didn't want to do it. Or he's afraid, and so he said, well, let's let this do this. And then it was, and he went, well, let's try it again. Let's do this this way. And God said, you know what you're supposed to do, because he'd already given him revelation. So in our lives, that's what we're going to be dealing with. So freedom to make wise choices. Now let me show you something. We've got just a few minutes. I want to show you that, that when, you, when you get to it, when we have the Bible, we obey it. When we don't have revelation, we have freedom. 
And I want you to have that. Now, there's one thing that helps us, especially when we talk about knowing the Bible. And there's a foundational thing here, and it goes to Romans 12. So I want you to turn, just flip over in your Bibles to Romans chapter 12. It's a very famous passage. Most of you know Romans 12, 1 and 2. But we're going to work it backwards today. Instead of going verse 1 first and then verse 2, we're going to do verse 2 first and go backwards. Because I want you to see a principle, a foundational principle, and we will know God's will. Romans 12, 2. Look how he begins. Is everybody over there? I hope you're over there. It may take a second. Let me let everybody get a chance to get over there. Um, okay. Look at Romans 12, 2. As he gets to the end of the verse and he says, so that you may prove what the will of God is, that which is good and acceptable and perfect. And so he says, you can know the will of God. How? How can we do that? Well, how? By renewing your minds. Look at the verse. He says, by the renewing of your mind so that you may prove what the will of God. How do you renew your mind? Huh? So if you take the truths of the Scripture and put them where? In your brain, exactly, in your heart. That word have I hidden my heart. The heart and the brain are the same in the Scripture. Uh, when people talk about heart, uh, the, card, the word cardia in Greek uh, the, the word heart is mine. As a man thinks in his heart, so is he. Where do you think? You think of your brain. So when the Bible talks about your heart, it's talking about your mind. Okay, because they use those words interchangeably. So here's what he says. He says, renew your mind so you may know the will of God. Well, how in the world do you renew your mind? Well, you're not being conformed to the world, shaped by the world, but you're being transformed by the word. So how do you renew your mind? You stop being conformed to this world, but you're transformed by the Word of God. I have a saying that I say, I say, if you're not consciously being transformed by the Word, you will unconsciously be conformed to the world. There's no doubt about it. It is not an either or. You're not just sitting there kind of in a limbo. If you're not consciously taking God's Word, putting it in your mind, understanding it, and being transformed, you will unconsciously be shaped by this world system. And then he says, okay, you can, know God, you can know God's will. How? By renewing your mind. Well, how do you renew your mind? By not being conformed to the world, but being transformed by the Word. And then the bottom line, how does all that happen? It happens when you offer yourself to God. That's what he says in Romans 12. One, I urge you, brethren, by the mercies of God, to present your bodies a living and holy sacrifice, which is acceptable to God, which is your spiritual service of worship. He says, here's what you do. You want to know God's will? You offer your life to God. Stop being conformed to this world. But be transformed by the word. Let your mind be renewed so you will know what the will of God is, that which is good and acceptable and perfect. So he say, I want to know God's will for my life. As far as the general will is concerned, is he going to tell you? Is he going to? No, he's not going to tell you. You've got freedom. He'll say, whatever you want to do. As far as specific will, is he going to tell you? Yes, that's why you have to study the Bible, renew your mind, so you will know what the will of God is, that which is good and acceptable and perfect. So next week we're going to get into a little bit on the specific will of God. The goal is to know God's will. The traditional way uh, it doesn't work. It has never worked. Um, the traditional way is not biblical, by the way. It's not biblical. Uh, I don't know how we got it going, but we got these ideas thinking that, that God... God has hidden his will from us, and he wants us to just fast and pray. And so just somehow he'll going to reveal it to us. If we're lucky, 
If not, we just got to make a choice and, and just hope that we didn't make a mistake. And that's not how God is dealing with us. So let me give you some applications. Oh, by the way, we offer ourselves to God, not living for ourselves but for Him, and we're being changed by the Word of God so that we can know what His will is. So let us realize that we can know God's will for our lives. How can we know God's will for our lives? What? It's found where? God's Word gives us a specific will. It does. God's Word gives us a specific will. So what we need to do is offer our lives so that our minds can be renewed, so we can know the Scripture, so we can know the will of God, which is found in the Word of God. So when somebody says, how are you going to know God's will for your life, where is it found? It's found in the Scripture. When there's a decision that you have to make that you do not have revelation, you're free. I told you all the story. I think I told the story in my in our grow group, about a family that I knew that wanted to buy a house. They had the money, they had the down payment, they had everything they could make, everything was fine, and the house was for sale, and they actually wanted to buy it. They came to me and said, we want to buy this house. I said, I made so I said, can you, you know, make the pay? Do you borrow the money? You got, you got it. Yeah, well, let's get it. We just don't know if it's God's will for our life. I said, well, first of all, I told him. He's not going to tell you. Oh, yeah, oh, yeah. So we, we've been praying for weeks. I said, what kind of answer you got? Nothing yet. You're never going to get an answer. Late, it took them a year, but eventually the house stayed on the market and they bought it after a year. Waited a whole year because they said, we're just not sure that's God's will for us. I said, if it's not in here, you got freedom. So number two, let us realize that we have freedom to make wise decisions, wise choices. Where there is no specific revelation, we have freedom to make wise decisions. Now, I want to throw something out because we're going to get to it later on. But when you tell people this, it doesn't sound right. You know why? Because it doesn't sound spiritual. It doesn't sound spiritual to say... Uh, you can make any choice you want. No, 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 no. You better go to God and pray and ask him, and somehow he's going to tell you because, you, you know, you don't want to make a mistake. Well, the truth is you're not going to make a mistake, and this is spiritual too because you're trusting him. What did he tell you? You have freedom. Make any choice you want. It just doesn't sound spiritual to say you're free to make whatever choice you want. People say that doesn't sound right. That's because they've heard the other stuff all their lives and they're paralyzed in making decisions. I don't want you paralyzed. I want you to see the freedom you have from Scripture.